Hello, friends, and welcome to the Wit Wednesday Pod. My name is Heath Queen from the Office of Career and Professional Development in the Compass Suite Success Center on campus at Wittenberg University. I am so happy that you're tuning in today to the Wit Wednesday Pod, and my hope is that the episodes on this podcast have been helpful for you as you think about your own future career and vocation. You know, we started this podcast as an opportunity to bring you conversations with our accomplished Wittenberg alumni community and to allow you to learn about various career and vocational pathways that are available. Additionally, on each season of this podcast, we select a topic that we kind of use to frame the conversations that we have with each alumnus. In this season, we have been focused on the topic of leading from the back. You see, we recognize that leadership is not a position, but it's a set of skills and traits and habits that anyone can develop. And that means that you too, as students entering internships or as recent graduates who are beginning your first full-time job, you too can demonstrate leadership from the beginning of those experiences. And so that's how we've been framing all of these conversations this summer, and we hope to continue doing that as we release episodes throughout the rest of this summer ending in August. So I hope you'll tune in as more episodes drop each week on Wednesday. On the podcast today, I am so excited to get to bring to you my conversation with Dr. Chandra Danell Carey. Dr. Carey is currently an associate professor and the academic associate dean for the College of Health and Public Service at the University of North Texas. Dr. Carey graduated from Wittenberg in 1995 with a Bachelor of Arts degree in psychology. She later completed a master's degree from the University of Illinois in Urbana-Champaign in rehabilitation counseling, and then also finished a PhD at Michigan State University in rehabilitation counselor education. Since receiving her PhD, Dr. Carey has held various faculty roles at the University of Memphis, Michigan State University, and also with her current institution at the University of North Texas. On the podcast today, Dr. Carey is going to talk about her own career pathway after Wittenberg and what changes came along the way. She will also break down some advice for students who might be interested in going on to graduate school or doing graduate level work. Dr. Carey is a great example of an alumnus passing on their light and we are so excited to get to chat with her today. So without further delay, let's hop on over and check out my conversation with Dr. Chandra Danell Carey. What's up, Tigers? And welcome back to another episode of the Wit Wednesday podcast. We are so excited to have you here. And today we are excited to get to talk to another great alumnus, Dr. Chandra Donnell Carey, who currently serves as the Academic Associate Dean of the College of Public or of College of Health and Public Service at the University of North Texas. Uh, Dr. Carey is a 1995 graduate of Wittenberg and has been a leader in higher education. So we are excited to, to get to chat with her today about all things leadership uh, and how to start your career off uh, well. Dr. Carey, welcome to the podcast and thanks so much for for giving of your time and joining us today. Of course. Thank you, Heath, for inviting me. I'm excited about our conversation today. Yeah, we have been going through this entire season uh, with the title Leading from the Back. Uh, we know that leadership skills are vital for any student preparing to, to enter the professional world, but that these skills can vary uh, by field. Uh, and so that's why for this season of the podcast, we are focusing in on this theme and trying to figure out you know, ways to help our students picture how they can be leaders uh, across all the fields that they may be going into, even though they're just starting out in this new professional world. 
world. Uh, we're trying to, to encourage students to see leadership as a series of choices and habits rather than just a position. And so I'm wondering to kick us off today for this episode, could you just share with us a little bit about what does, what does leadership mean uh, to you? Sure. Um, I mean, I think, you know, leadership means different things for different people, of course. And I personally believe that leadership can look a lot of different ways. Historically, I think it's been seen as being that key person or the persons who are upfront and visible. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I think you can really lead from any space that you're in. It just really depends on what drives you. So for me, leadership is always mission driven um, and is guided by my personal values that help you to kind of develop and steer the outcomes that will have impact in the areas you really care about. My personal approach to leadership is servant leadership, which is very mission driven and mission first. And it really is steered by my own cultural values, um, specifically those that are geared toward equity. Mm, That's great. And I love just this idea of leading from a sense of values and mission um, and purpose. And I'm wondering, you know, building on that understanding of leadership and recognizing that there are a lot of opportunities for students to to begin careers in higher ed. How how did you early on or how have you seen other employees kind of in your field in higher ed or uh, previously? Have you seen them kind of demonstrate uh, leadership early on, you know, kind of through that perspective of being mission driven and using their values and, 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 and those types of things? Yeah, you know, I think for me, not everyone really begins their career thinking about management or being in a decision making role. So for people that I've seen around me and for myself, even, um, you know, it's it sometimes is a slow, intentional grind um, or it kind of occurs just organically as you're trying to live your mission um, and people start to recognize your talent and exactly what you can bring to the table. So for I think the people that I've seen do really well have always been their authentic selves. They try to live their values in their work or their education. And oftentimes people will take note of that. Um, I do have to say that there still is just generally a bias of what a leader um, looks like or what management yeah. to look like. You know, so in that respect, it's not always the work that you do won't always be recognized as that of a leader, um, because those notions can sometimes really stifle the ability of leaders to emerge. Um, But even with that, folks that I've seen that I've really been able to push forward and go through, they maintain that genuineness, their dedication, their commitment, um, and that illuminates who they are, that eventually opportunities will start to present themselves and they'll have an opportunity to step into that more visible role if they want to or still kind of lead from the space that they're in. Yeah, I love that. I think leadership, there's always someone coming around with a new leadership formula, a new way to be a leader, a new, you know, few steps. But I love that you're starting with this idea of your authentic self, because I do think a lot of those steps and and practices of leadership that have been developed over time have been rooted in so many people trying to not be their authentic selves. And also they've been rooted in in situations where equity isn't the goal, um, or they've been rooted in a particular type of person being a leader or uh, whatever that might look like. And so I think that I love that you're beginning this idea with your own personal values, your own personal, you know, mission and understanding and and authentic being your authentic self and letting that be kind of the guiding compass for you as you're beginning leadership in a role and not trying to be someone else, but to be who you are. Uh, And I think that that's, I think that's, I I love it. Um, So obviously you're well accomplished in your field, both academically and professionally completing your PhD and uh, as the holding the uh, position of associate dean in your current role. I'm I'm wondering if you can point back to any skills or traits maybe that you learned or developed during your time at Wittenberg that have helped you kind of stand out or be a leader uh, in your field today. 
Yeah, you know, I have to be kind of the first to admit that my emergence at Wittenberg was slow. Um, I had a lot. I came into that space, most like most college students, very young, um, very green. And I had a lot of my own self-doubt about my efficacy and my abilities. You know, thankfully mm-hmm. now there's language to describe that, you know, quote unquote, imposter syndrome that some people can experience. Um, and along with that, there are now ways that institutions and educators can help to address it. So I think, you know, my pathway to developing leadership at Wittenberg is, is very much like I talked about before. I don't, I participated in some great activities and I was allowed to interact with leaders in those spaces mm-hmm. um, and to see what great leadership looked like. And then also to see some things mm-hmm. that, I'm, that didn't represent what I valued and what I held was true. And those spaces, I think, helped to emerge my voice. So I participated with um, CBS that concerned Black students. I was in Imani Gospel Choir, although I probably shouldn't have been, and that's not nope. the impression <laughs> <laughs> I think I, I believed in myself a little bit more than I should have in that space. Um, I was varsity cheerleader. I served on the union board and I was initiated into Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated while at WIT. And while I wasn't president or vice president or chair in any of those roles, they were really opportunities for me to develop my voice, to see where my voice has importance and how as a collective things can move forward. And, and those were some of the, the key important steps that I gained from Wittenberg in developing my leadership that I think really did facilitate spaces that I'm in today. Mm, I love it. And I have to say, I also served a short stint in Amani during my time at WIT. I wish I would have had time to, to go even further with it, but uh, it was a lot of fun. Dr. Kent Brooks was a director and it was just great. Um, uh, that's, oh, it's perfect. Like it might have sounded better than mine in that space. Oh, well, you know, I <laughs> talking maybe, but singing, I, I, I've never been too confident. I have a bit of that imposter syndrome when it comes to that. So we'll, we'll leave it there. <laughs> this episode of the Wit Wednesday pod is brought to you by Wittenberg University Handshake. Did you know that Handshake is a powerful career tool that can help you find on-campus jobs, off-campus internships, and full-time careers? Additionally, Handshake provides you with the ability to attend virtual events and career fairs with top-ranking employers. The Handshake platform is available to all Wittenberg students, and you can check it out today by going to wittenberg.joinhandshake.com. Let's, let's continue spending some time talking just about your professional experience and specifically your current role. You are the academic associate dean at the University of North Texas. Can you just walk us through what that means and, and what your day-to-day life looks like? I know students coming from a small campus like Wittenberg, you know, university not necessarily broken down into schools and, you know, we have one dean for the entire campus. The structure is just different, different scale, that type of thing. So can you just walk us through uh, what that looks like for you? Yeah, so at UNT, we have a dean for each of our colleges, and then the associate dean, um, we affectionately call ourselves middle management, kind of sarcastically, (laughs) Uh, but essentially what we do is we just focus on oversight of academic affairs in the college, and so that can span anywhere from developing new academic programs and degrees, supporting department chairs and faculty on curriculum development, Um, meeting with students who are experiencing challenges and trying to help them navigate the university system and the college processes, 
working with our, we have a really amazing undergraduate advising office. And so working very closely and supervising some of those folks along with our graduate advisors and really just representing the college as a whole across the university and in the broader Dallas-Fort Worth area. My role essentially is to to help carry forth the mission and agenda for the dean of the college. Um, It's very heavily administrative, um, more so than a department chair role might be or program coordinator role might be. Yeah. So to, to go back, you're currently this, the academic associate dean. Um, to go back a bit to when you were you know, invested in preparing yourself academically for the work that you're doing today, I'm wondering when you were graduating from, from Wittenberg and preparing for your career, could you, can you just describe where you thought it might be heading? Where, was it the role that you're currently in or this, the area or you know, maybe um, how that has changed over time? I think a lot of times when we are in our undergraduate education, we have a concept of what we might be doing in the future and, and, and maybe it changes over time. Maybe it's exactly the same. So I wonder if you could just share a little bit about that. Oh, sure. Yeah, mine is mine is different from what I thought. I finished my undergraduate degree in psychology with a minor in secondary ed. And so I, I thought that I was just going to go into clinical practice and then I would be working with school aged kids, working through counseling issues and challenges. Um, and that was why I picked the specific master's degree I did in rehabilitation counseling. Um, but to quote uh, Michelle Obama, I pivoted <laughs> quite a bit <laughs> in that space um, yeah. with some practical experience in counseling and working with the younger adult population. I discovered that um, although I do enjoy children, my strength wasn't in counseling children specifically. And so I had greater comfort and felt, um, I guess I felt more in my authentic self working with the, the adult population. And then once I was in my master's degree and you know going through the clinical rotations, I just realized there were a lot of gaps in what our literature was teaching us about working with different mm-hmm. populations and diverse populations. And I had a great mentor who talked to me about doctoral studies and, and the ability to do that research. And, and you know, actually my love for research was developed at Wittenberg with Dr. Joe Wilson and working in her lab. And so I had always had that, that passion for research and, and being inquisitive. And so that took me into my doctoral studies where I still thought I would just go into academia and teach and be very fulfilled that way. And for many, many years I was. Um, But I think what I mentioned earlier about leadership um, and just being in that role, being authentic and genuine um, and, you know, really following what my values are um, stood out. And so when there was an opportunity for an internal appointment as department chair, um, I was selected for that. And that began my kind of administrative pathway. Um, It's different than what I was thinking of, <clears throat> I would do long-term in my career, but I have found, you know, a, a new passion for it in certain ways and, and things that I think my voice will be useful to change in others. Yeah. I love that. I, that, that kind of, if, if I'm, if I'm hearing you right, there was a kind of a moment and a shift where you realized that there was a gap in a lot of the research that kind of led you back towards that academic path. Would that, would that be accurate? Yeah, that's, that's exactly it. Yeah. And, and so I, I kind of want to dive into that a little bit because I think there are a lot of students who are considering graduate work right now and uh, maybe directly out of out of Wittenberg and uh, pursuing a Ph.D. is a long journey. It's a it's a great journey and it, um, uh, it's one that leads to a lot of uh, success in your field and, and opportunities once you are done with it. Um, but it is a lot of it's, as you mentioned, research, writing, teaching, all of those things. Um, and I'm wondering if 
if you have any advice that you might be able to share with students who are considering graduate education right now or potentially uh, careers in teaching or working at the collegiate level that uh, you might be able to pass on to them. Yeah, you know, it's exactly what you mentioned. PhD work is difficult. Um, but if you follow your passion, if you're going into the work and to seek a PhD so that you can have impact and that impact can be meaningful and it's something that aligns with your core values, then I think all of the stress that goes along with it um, doesn't go away, but it balances itself out. Um, one of the things that I really had to do as a, as a graduate student in my doctoral program was really understand the breadth of the field and not to be kind of, what's the word, I guess, closed into a certain line of inquiry. Mm. There's yeah. so many ways to investigate things. There's so many, there's so many unanswered questions about um, life and social issues that there are many different paths to how you answer those questions. And so one of the things I would advise students is to find your community. Um, as soon as you possibly can, find those people that can be somewhere you can kind of, that can be a sounding board, some people that you can just talk to and kind of get mm. things off your chest, but then also to find those folks who have similar interests as you, um, because that helps with the research and the publications. Um, it gives you a, kind of a, a cohort of people that you can work with and you all can do research together. I'm a very collectivist type person, so I like yeah interdisciplinary research. I actually really do love it. And right now that's a really prominent feature that a lot of grant agencies and a lot of higher, higher education institutions are looking for people who can work in those interdisciplinary spaces. So finding that community is really, really important. And then just <laughs> a lot of PhD work, particularly as you get closer to the dissertation is a lot of self-management. You know, one of the, the, possible benefits of COVID, if there is any to count, would be that students had to really learn to work independently. Um, and that is a critical skill for when you are in your doctoral degree. Um, there are guidance certainly from your faculty and your advisors, but you'll need to do a lot of that independent work. And so having that self-discipline to really dig in and, and setting agendas for yourself so that you can meet the important milestones is going is just a I can't talk about how important that skill is because you'll really need to do that um, because it becomes really difficult and very, very easy to find other things to take your interest um, because of the difficult times that you'll go through. But that community and that self-management are two things that really did help me as I was going through my doctoral degree. Hmm. And maybe just kind of a, a softball question here. I, I, I'm just kind of curious, what, what were some of the things that when you were selecting graduate programs that you were really looking for um, as, as you were, you know, looking for those programs and the school specifically, was there anything that, that maybe jumps out at you quickly that this is really what I wanted or this is what I was, you know, kind of interested in as I was searching out programs and in, 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 in schools? Yeah, I think everyone leans toward you want to go to the top school um, and there certainly mm. is, you know, value in that in some spaces. But I think the more important thing is to look at the faculty that are there, look at their research interests, because you'll want people they are there who understand your perspective, who understand, you know, what your your ultimate goal is going to be and that can support you through that. And, and that's just really key. Having people who don't look at you like, what are you talking about? Why is that even relevant is something that's really <laughs> important. So looking at the faculty vita, looking at what their research has been, seeing if it aligns with the things that you're also interested in is just really important. And, and those should be the programs that you, you try to lean toward. Um, as a doctoral student, you know, you're, it's all about the grind. And so whether or not the school is in 
the best area or a more urban space or a rural space, depending on what your preference is, isn't as key. But I can't underscore quality of life because that directly touches on mental health. And I think while you're in your doctoral program, because the stress is so low, so high, being able to maintain your mental health is also important. And the community, the broader community plays a role in that. And so looking at where you would have access to either be in the cultural spaces that you want to be in or be around the events and people that you want to be around, having access to that is really important as well. So thinking about location generally, um, but then more specifically, just where those areas of support might be, what types of community you might be able to build in those spaces. Hmm. That's perfect. That's great. Uh, well, Dr. Carey, I appreciate all of this advice that you've provided to, to students and, and for your words of, of wisdom from your career in leadership and, and also just in, in graduate education. I, I'm wondering, we like to end every episode by just giving you a moment to share a last word with the students. And so I'm wondering if there's any advice you'd like to leave with them uh, about leadership, career, graduate programs, whatever, whatever it might be. <laughs> Yeah, I think just generally for leadership, just you can lead from where you are. You don't have to be that top person. The, the key thing for that is understanding the power of your voice and believing in your voice and that it can have the ability to shape and to shift. And, and that are those are the essential features of what leadership is. And so you don't have to be in those key spaces. You can lead from wherever you are. And I think the more people do that, then the more options we'll have for people who are leaders and we'll have more resources because we'll have more people who are leading from that genuine, authentic space that will help the broader community at large. Um, I like to end in talking about education always with this quote from Bell Hooks, who's one of my favorite authors. Um, and she says that education as a practice of freedom becomes not a force which fragments or separates us, but one that brings us closer, expanding our definitions of home and community. And I think I just think that encapsulates what education is all about, the intent of education initially, um, and a place for us to all think about as we get into these educational spaces and we achieve degrees and we achieve different statuses to really remember what education is about. Mm. You have a voice, you have something to say and something to offer. I think that's always uh, great to great to remember for all of us. And I appreciate uh, you bringing that quote as well. I think that's a great way to wrap it up. And I appreciate all of your time uh, that you've given and your busy schedule to hop on and just chat with us for a few minutes today. Uh, we appreciate you passing your light on and sharing wisdom with our current students. And for those of you who are out there uh, uh, interested in graduate programs or PhD work or working in higher education, feel free to schedule a meeting and talk with us in career services. We'd love to assist you. And we have a lot of faculty and alumni and, and, and staff uh, connected to Wittenberg who are there to help you and, and help you take that next step. But Dr. Carey, I just want to thank you so much for, uh, for, for taking your time to join us today. Of course. Thank you for having me. And to all of you who are listening, uh, be sure to, to tune in again next week for another episode where we will uh, take a moment to, to ask questions of our accomplished alumni that are ready to share their experience and expertise about how to lead uh, from the beginning of your professional life. And until then, uh, we hope to see you then, but take care and tiger up.